Today, we're talking with successful entrepreneur, Jonathan Otto, and how you can invest in yourself, as well as how you can provide great value. And stay to the very end, because Jonathan wants to partner with you on a deal. All right, join us today. Early on, it was it was bigger. It was a high ticket price. It was $100,000. Uh, so, so talking about investing yourself. Investing Secrets with Kevin Attride. I'm Kevin Attride, and welcome to Investing Secrets with Kevin Attride. I'm so excited. We have an amazing guest here in studio. Jonathan Otto is not only a very successful entrepreneur, but he's a dear friend, and he's here today to impart some wisdom to you. So I'm so excited. Jonathan, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me, Kevin. It's an honor. John, I'm really interested. You're a successful entrepreneur. You're also an investor. Do you have some words of wisdom for us in today's climate? Sure. So... I mean, the entrepreneurship of, of being able to think for yourself, to be able to pave your own way, I think is really important. So we've all got to learn to think differently. And in the times we're living in, uh, in the opportunities that are around us, the, the propensity that we could have to kind of, you know, want someone else to make decisions for us, to go with the flow. These are all things that we have to fight against. The things that I had to fight against a lot. So there's this Investment, the first thing, okay, so number one, the Please. first thing to invest in, people are going to be shocked at what I'm going to tell people uh-huh. to invest in, okay, you're not going to think that this is the first thing you should invest in, and not only is it the first thing you should invest in, it's the thing you should invest in the most, most often, most frequently, mm-hmm. and arguably the most amount of money, and that is yourself, mm-hmm. and so it's, okay, so from that place, you can work out what to do, so for example, should I invest in Bitcoin, should I invest in real estate? Should I invest in uh, a tech startup company? Mm -hmm. A small business or whatever it may be. Yeah, exactly. The first question that we should ask ourselves, well, am I a good investor? Mm -hmm. How do I make choices? A skilled investor. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And firstly, a skilled investor is going to be an an educated person, somebody that is learning and humble and teachable. Mm -hmm. So they they have this saying, like, readers are leaders. Mm -hmm. And so... Leaders are people that sit at the feet of other people frequently. Mm-hmm. And so I, I am sitting at the feet of people often, and then often people are sitting at the feet of me. But there was many years that went by that I was just soaking in, and I was careful to give advice on things that I wasn't necessarily good at or knew much about. Mm-hmm. So I would say certainly um, you know, follow success and be a student of success and learn from people that have had success in that area. Be a discerner of success. Look for is this real? Is this person, do, are they integrous? Do they have, are they talking about things that I can verify? Is this true? Have they had success with this? Or are they leading me in the wrong direction? And we've even had private conversations and when you're an entrepreneur, how do you invest in your business correctly mm-hmm. without just blowing all your money on things that don't work and then saying, oh, I knew that wouldn't work. Yeah. And you know, all my friends and my parents and everyone else, they were right. It's really doesn't work and I was never really destined to succeed and we have all this programming which shows that we haven't invested in our minds. Mm-hmm. So mindset is very important. It's critical. Mm-hmm. You just can't do anything without that because you have to think uh, even if you make a good investment, you may be making all this all this chatter inside your mind may be saying like that was such a bad idea and you're regretting and stumbling over it and because you're so uncertain about what you've done because you don't have enough knowledge about it. So mm-hmm. you, you need to take time to study that and be willing to take the time 
that's a that's a huge piece of the puzzle to to study something out, to consider it, to think about it from multiple angles, to ask other people about it, and not be too attached because often people make very emotional decisions. Yes, and emotion is obviously something that is in us, and we should make we should also arguably make emotional decisions, but we have to have our emotion subject to our reasoning. So our ability to compute and understand something and see how it works and then feel emotion attached to it because sometimes it's something that you're too attached to that your your emotion is so strong there's a very good chance that's going to be a very bad decision that mm-hmm. that investment is one that you shouldn't make you're mm-hmm. too attached to it you're blinded by it have somebody else help you to see whether that's a good decision or not consider it further but you know we can go specific as well, so you know I'll let you kind of. Well, take it, that's a really helpful story about investing in yourself, and you're just coming back from a mastermind. Sure. Yeah. You attend a number of masterminds. Yeah. What are some of the themes you're hearing in some of your, you know, the latest masterminds, either improving yourself or you know some things people need to think about in today's setting? Sure, absolutely. So I'll um, you know, we can go to some some actual things that people can consider investing in right now, and. So some of the things I'm learning, some of the things that I'm picking up from others, some of the investments that I'm making, there's a lot. Like, for example, if you look at private conversations that we're having with your wife and my wife, and we're talking about things like food shortage, you know, will these things happen? Mm -hmm. And what is a way that we can be set up, for example, like a lot of people, when they understand like, oh, the world, things are going to go, go wrong. There's going to be all these problems. You're going to have to store up all this food in your house, buy lots of guns and ammunition and just guard what you got and just sit here and just watch anyone that's coming like for Like a it. fortress. Yeah. And it's, it's actually scarcity without realizing. Uh-huh. And scarcity uh-huh. is actually not how you succeed in life. Yes. And it doesn't mean that you don't, you just kind of have no preparation strategy that you're not willing to prepare and you know, if you if you if it makes you feel secure, if you're seeing facts that lead you to then say I should get uh, food and store this for security, and then then you should do that because you have seen information that leads you to do that, and you should do that. I believe with an abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're going to grow food, what about growing food for those that you love as well? Yes. And so that they have a place, and maybe they don't see it right now. And you say, well, they don't see it; they don't deserve any of this. Well. <clears throat> We've all not understood a lot of things in our lives in important times when we should have understood them or known them, but where's that mercy and compassion? So there's these parts. Now, like coming into well, like... Well, before you move yeah, on, food is one thing, but investing is another, although very a number of similar characteristics of how do you think about how you do things together with like-minded individuals? So food shortages can very likely be upon us. You live in certain geographies and maybe that's a reality. You walk into your grocery store and the shelves are bare, but... You know, uh, how can you work with like-minded individuals to support one another? Mm-hmm. Also thinking about investments, how can you work with those that you trust, those who are highly ethical people, those you have in your sphere of influence, mm-hmm. who you actually work together for investments? Yes. Is, is your mastermind, any of your masterminds, are they talking in similar aspects? Yeah, absolutely. And so like, let's take, for example, one of my colleagues, uh, he invited me to to a mastermind. It was through another friend, and it was a high ticket price. It was a hundred thousand uh, dollars. So, so talking about investing yourself, I don't think that everyone should make this decision. My business got to a certain level before I started making decisions like this. Yes. I mean, don't go and overextend yourself would be the first thing to do when you're investing. If something is going to make you like your heart palpitate at night, it's yeah. generally not a good move. The wealthiest Americans utilize private banking 
I recommend the experts at Living Wealth when you're ready to implement this strategy. Do, do you have a, a certain percent of revenue or something where, let's say, someone has started, you know, being a success? They went from you know garage startup to you know, let's say they're making two hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're saying this hundred thousand dollars is that too much then, or how, how much sure. of it's very subjective versus? Did you have a formula to say I'm only going to invest X amount in myself? Is it ten percent? Is it fifty percent? Where you know? Yeah, it's a, that's such a great question. Early on, it was it was bigger chunks than what I'm doing now in, okay. in proportion. Yes, in proportion to what I had, because for me, it was I was like, if I could get connected to these people and learn these things, it's worth me putting a big chunk of what I have into this. Yes, yes. and uh, like. Maybe even in one case, this is most of what I've got saved, but I believe that this is an amazing door that will open. Generally, again, decisions like that may not be a general rule, like yeah. go ahead and invest most of what you have in, in one particular thing. But, um, you know, and sometimes it's a God thing as well for people that have a relationship with God saying like, God, what do you think? What's the right way? Because sometimes it can be scarcity. Like if I put my money here, then I won't have anything more. But for me, there were certain things where I had that confidence. I'm going to put this money here. I'm going to invest, for example, back uh, when I joined my first mastermind, I put $15,000 in it. Again, some masterminds are, are great where you've got like-minded people. No one's putting in money, but you're maybe meeting in a location. So you're still investing money because you've gone to taken a plane to go somewhere and you're learning from somebody. Um, but, but, you know, but, somebody, but you took this by guidance, by divine providence or divine wisdom, yeah, exactly, I did, based yeah. on the Lord's guidance. Yes. I, felt, I felt in some ways that there was these doors opening. And sometimes I was more apt to pray and ask God. And other times I was just like, no, this makes sense. I should do this. I'm, this, this seems right. But I think that generally, if people have a relationship with God, they should, they should always pray about any, any large decision that they're making, generally speaking. Awesome. Yeah. And so then... Um, but yeah, so I'd walk through certain doors and coming to like some practical kind of tools. Like, so for example, what happened with this mastermind that, that was a new friend and I wasn't going to join because I have like, uh, there's two days, like they would typically fall on weekends and I keep a Sabbath. And so I don't do business on a Sabbath, mm -hmm. which is on Saturday. So I knew I'd admit for me and I knew that I'd miss that. And so I was like, I don't want to invest a hundred thousand dollars in a mastermind. So I, it seemed so crazy, but, um, I just said, well, I want to sit and, and, and meet with you and connect with you a little bit. And that spoke to this, this particular person, a good friend of mine now, but we weren't even friends at the time. It really spoke to him of my intentionality in relationship, just to say, I'd like to sit and let's have lunch together. I'd like to learn about what you're talking about. But um, I ended up believing that that would be a really good decision and that choice. One of the, one of the things, I got grafted into a real estate mastermind in connection with that. It was another mastermind that was an additional charge of 30000 but I got grafted in for, for that as part of that, that investment that I made. But I remember when I would go out to some of those meetings, and a lot of the guys in that group, even though they paid a lot of money, they wouldn't show up. They wouldn't show up to the calls. So even you, see, you have some kind of big players that they, they, don't, they, they don't continue to apply themselves as much. But anyway, I was a applying myself and one of the opportunities that came up was with a couple out of Las Vegas and they really for me I felt like these guys really have intention they're very they're very relational they're very kind in the way they deal I, I sensed how I felt around them and I thought no, these guys have and another colleague that was in that mastermind said it would be why it would be a good move to, to invest with them he had no connection to the deal um, or anything like that they saw an opportunity and in um on this street, it's Bellissima. Um, 
which I, what means beautiful in Italian. And you know, I didn't look for supernatural science to really just go, oh, this is it. I just feel this. It was just, no, this made sense. I, it was a $1.7 million property, 1.75. I, I did, you know, it was a 20% down payment. So that's around $350,000. I I have a business that generates revenue. So what I would say, if people can, can develop a cash machine first, mm-hmm. so like, so then that would then, they could then deploy money into investments and using like tools, like the internet is incredible. Facebook advertising is in, incredible or, you know, other advertising platforms, whether it's TikTok or Instagram. And so, and I had created products that made an impact on people's lives, helping people with health. And I continue to do that. And that's the kind of work that I do for free. And there are many things that I do for free within that realm. Whereas, and I'll, I'll, I'll create materials that don't generate revenue, but I know it's going to help people. And, and then it's interesting when you look at the content I produced, like I've published hundreds, several hundred hours of content that have released entirely for free. But then because it created such an impact, people purchased the books and DVDs and the packages and the additional materials because I led with value. So that's the first thing. When people are thinking as an entrepreneur, lead with value, mm-hmm. blow people's socks off, help them first. Mm-hmm. I, you know, technically we've helped um, millions of people around the world. Millions of people have registered and watched our films. Tens of millions of people have watched all the different films I've produced. And, um, and it's had an impact on them. Many people's lives have been changed without giving me a penny. And I'm completely excited and, and ecstatic about that. And because other people said yes and they, they felt an impact, they were the ones that helped to carry that message to other people. I'll come back to this investment. So, so led with value, that's where that revenue came from. Well, and that's what really good value, uh, value investors are looking towards what investment provides value. Yeah, exactly. And you're, and you're coming from the opposite side of saying those who have success are demonstrating value. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. And so then with this, uh, for example, this property, I had some capital to deploy it made sense for it not to just sit down in the bank. It made sense to invest, put it into something that would generate revenue, which is still a value experience. So somebody that's going to rent this place is going to have a great experience. It's a beautiful place. These these guys, again, they're operating in that realm. They know that area. I don't know those areas very well. Uh, and but I'm still making all the direct transactions. I'm not say, I'm not sending the money to them. I'm not sending like three hundred fifty thousand dollars into their account. Like some people get really stuck. They'll be like, I really trust this person. They just send them all this money. That's generally not the move to make. In this case, I'm I'm buying the house. I'm going through. I'm getting a loan for it. I'm going through that process. They so led you to the deal, though. They led me to the deal, and then you know, in this case, they made ten um, percent of the um, of the rental um, price. Okay. And they made their three percent on the purchase of the price because they were the real okay. estate broker. Gotcha. So, like, I didn't. And but now, so then they put it on the the private market and they were looking for people to rent. And so this place rents out at $18,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then two days ago, I, they, they asked me, they said the people in there, like they're famous YouTubers that are renting my place there in Bellissima. And they're like, they love the place. They'd love to do like a six month or a 12 month. Can you give them a break on the price? And I said, well, what price do you think? And then she said, um, I think 17, like just knock off a thousand dollars. I think 17,000 give, and then 18,000 a month still for the six months or 17,000 a month for the, um, 12 months. And then I said, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And then, so then they, they said yes to a 12 month, which is $204,000, 17,000. 
I'd pay them the 10%. They'd make $20,000 on their, their side of the deal. Mm-hmm. But um, my mortgage on that place is 6000 just mm-hmm. over 6300 around there. So I... When you're making you th- almost 3x before some of your other expenses. Exactly. Not, really. So there you go. There's, that's what I would call a good investment. Because, for example, if the economy just... Like, if that value of that property goes down by 30%, I can still make my mortgage payments. If what they're paying me and what I can rent it out for goes down by 30%, I can pay. If it goes down by 50%, I can pay. If it goes down all the way down so that all I can do, because the economy's crashed so bad, is I can only get somebody to pay $5,000. Now I've got I've got $1,300 now that I've got to come up with myself to, to keep this thing afloat so I don't have to sell it at a loss, and I will own this asset, which is worth... At, you know, if the economy cracks, even over the course of 20 years, mm-hmm. I'll have an asset which is worth $1.7 million and probably, potentially, depending, will go up in value over time, over a longer period of time. Um, so like that would be an example to me of what I would say, like, yeah, that's an exciting, that's a great investment, things like that. But like you could take that same type of thing and if somebody was dealing with smaller numbers, they could say, okay, cool, this is a $175,000 place, but I want to see how I can get position the right areas that allow me to then rent out a place for two to three times what I'm paying for with my mortgage, or even if it's double or, you know, it's that extra percentage. So you're not so close to the line. So many people, when the, when the economy collapsed, when we had the, the real estate, um, you know, that, that housing, um, you know, collapse and the, the dropping of value, then they were stuck because they get negative cash flow. They're too, so, too yes. close to the line, and you know this better than anyone. So Kevin, and and the reality is, is well, Kevin knows the numbers more than me, and you're good at more at the calculations. I'm kind of, uh, you know, my skill set has been in really sensing and you know being able to ascertain, you know, this is a good deal, this makes yes. sense because I do understand numbers, yes. but lots of technical terms in real estate I don't necessarily understand. So what have I done? I've got operators that are making. Uh, a fair um, portion of that opportunity, um, and then I'm able to then take advantage of, of of that, and then excel in something that I don't necessarily know. When it comes to marketing, when it comes to um, creating information products, when it comes to you know health, uh, fitness, uh, and wellness business, I that's my area. Like I know that inside and out. I can teach people about that, or I can teach people about um, how to how to market their products and how to expand. I'm, I'm very good in that. But so that's like diversifying something that you're really good at. Use that as a tool then to fund other opportunities to make your money work for you. Well, you, and you went to the idea of team. You have to have operators who are very successful. But I'm interested, how are you finding these deals? And, you know, our audience, some of you can spend $2 million on a property like, yeah. like Jonathan. Others, uh, it's maybe $20,000, but how are you finding and some 20 million? They, they, you yes. know, so I mean, like there are some people that are watching, you know, your networks yes. are pretty diverse. You have people that, that are operating in big circles, medium circles, small circles, but the principles are all the same. Yes. So I'm interested. How are you finding these details? What, what secrets can you guide people to around how to find those deals that help you to find those investments where that cushion that that gap between expenses and revenue are large enough to really weather storms. If you don't know where to start investing in real estate, I recommend Norada Real Estate Investments. Their counselors are impactful. I would say, firstly, your net work is your net worth. So that's that's a huge takeaway. People need to understand that. Uh, a lot of people don't sow deep enough into relationships. The first thing that I learned when I was starting one of my businesses, or my main business, 
was one of my colleagues that was doing a lot of affiliate marketing. So affiliate marketing is like somebody has a product, let's say Kevin has a product, and now I market these products and I make a commission on that and that I'm an affiliate. And now, you know, one of my friends, Manny, for example, he, he, was, he was always good at connecting people and, and incentivizing everyone and helping everyone win. And one of the things he said to me was like, I was like, okay, I want to go do this thing. He said, well, so into that bank account of, of other people, like it's like you're depositing money into these basically imaginary bank accounts. But for example, um, uh, you, you, for example, um, I, I was in this case, I was, um, three hours away at a men's retreat. And then I, in some of these things, like it's like this giving without needing anything or wanting anything. And, and yet being open to all of those things. So for example, to connect with you and Kara, your wife, just this, this beauty of sewing into those relationships. And when you sew into people, like all this stuff just comes back to you. It's, it's incredible. So, so practically speaking, um, I was very intentional about some of those friendships and I connected with those people and I asked them about their life. I was very interested in their life. I really wanted to know. And so, so for example, like the things that like, I don't feel excited and I, I don't jump up and down and, you know, it doesn't like make me ecstatically laughing and joyous when I, when this $18,000 hits my account every month, that doesn't, but what does is when I see uh, smiles on my friends' faces, when I'm able to like help them through something, when they're able to help me through something, when we develop a deep bond, uh, it's so practical. So, so people that maybe, for example, are new or people that are, are successful in certain areas, but they could go deeper. Uh, what you'll find is the things that you've been trained for in life, relationships, loving people, connecting with people, being con considerate, compassionate, um, loving. These things are such powerful attributes that we need to lean into, sow into more. People think that to be a successful business person, you sometimes have to run over people or you have to kind of see how, how close to the line, how much you can beat someone up on the price. But what you really are wanting to do is you're looking for win-wins. Mm -hmm. So that you know, so practically speaking, I got into these opportunities because I sewed into relationships and and then and then that opened up doors. And I went through lots of challenges, even in my business, for example, lies, rumors, things being spread about me as I'm trying to because what happens when you're trying to be successful, sometimes people see that they're threatened by that. And then you you have to then sh you then can't go around trying to better everyone's picture of you by by trying to tweak it all. You can only be who you are and you stand for your truth and you love people. And over time, people come to know who you are and they say, I want to invest with you. I want to support you. I want to promote your products. This guy's a good guy. He shows up. He's on time. He pays. He he always looks for wins. And and so you know, there there are some of the the um uh, the methods that have actually resulted in actual actions that have made a difference and an impact for me and opened up doors, opportunities, deals that I wouldn't have had access to. And and what would you say is the root of how you've gotten into relationship with people? Mm. Because some of that's talent, some of it's personality, but with you, I, I dare say it's a little deeper than that. Sure. No, thank you. I think that um, for me, it was, one is like a spirit of excellence mm -hmm. and one is um, a dedication to truth mm -hmm. and, and an interest in finding truth to be a benefit and blessing to others. And, 
and really seeing other people, letting your own issues, my, in my case, my own issues become second and or third. And then like this, there's this line, if you want to achieve your dreams, help, help other people achieve their dreams. Mm-hmm. And so that to me was like how, how certain doors opened with that. And, and again, for people that really want nuts and bolts, like how do you, how do you make choices or do things? I would say like, firstly, like low, co- low barrier entry to learn skills is to read good books and listen to good podcasts and engage in tools like this and develop knowledge and skills. One of my colleagues, for example, he actually even worked for me for um, close to six months and he was like a more premium kind of consultant, but he came in really as the COO of my company, but the same individual, I was just with him a couple of days in Chicago. And he, um, when he was talking about deal exchange, I was like, oh, interesting. Like you've been doing so many different things. He's been consulting. Pivoting is so powerful, like being able to just go, here's another opportunity. I'm going to pivot. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've been talking we, to you about that. Yeah, we've <laughs> talked about that, yeah. And basically, like, you you always, you move with the things that are in front of you and you don't, like, necessarily stick to your thing. You can, there's certain things that be, be, be someone that follows through. Uh, some people have that in more detailed ways than others. My, for me to make sure I continue to follow through is something that I have to, like, push myself to do because it's not natural. It's just not natural. It's easier for me to start things and then just go, go to the next thing yeah. started. But unless you follow through, you won't be able to completely see things to fruition. So there's that aspect too. But well, also, there's the getting to the result and when do you need to pivot versus stay the course. And sometimes that's really situational and hard. Exactly. And, and, and as an investor as well, you know, when when do you need to stay that course for that property or that investment versus pivoting? Exactly. And sometimes it's both, uh, where it's you do both. You 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 stay the course, but then there's something right here, right now, and you take the time to sew into that and you make that happen. And and in this case, like he then goes into this, my my friend from Chicago is referencing, he goes into deal exchange, like setting up deals between companies. And um, for example, someone wants to sell a company, someone wants to buy a company, hedge funds or like investment funds, they have a fiduciary duty, which means um, fiduciary means that you're you have a commitment to the financial responsibilities of the people that have invested with you. The stakeholders. There you go. And so then then. So they, they need the company then to go and find deals. And so if you can be the one that helps to match make and find this person wants to sell the company, this person wants to, uh, one, one wants to sell, the other one wants to buy, and you just made that connection, you can then make commissions on those sales. And so, for example, if that's like a few thousand dollars or $10,000 or $50,000, you know, a 3% commission is going to just be a few hundred bucks or, or a couple of thousand dollars. But he's, he says to me, um, again, it's a guy that worked for me for many years. I've seen him like get real beaten up in business too. I've seen him get, um, you know, like horrible kind of lawsuits kind of on his back that are really unfair and that he had to kind of, he chose to yield and then go, look, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pay this ridiculous amount of money that you're asking for to, to let this problem go away. I'm at peace with this. And in that sense, he was being obedient to God in something that he was then convicted to do. But I've seen him go through all those different phases. And then here he, he says to me, um, Oh, you know, so the deals that I just 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 closed on over the last month or so, that's is like an eight million dollar uh, transaction. I was like, oh wow, so like when the dollar isn't buying what it used to, I recommend McIlvany ICA for your gold and silver IRA or private collection to hold value for decades. So if you're making a three percent commission on the eight million dollars, that's like 
few hundred thousand dollars. He said, no, no, he says, no, no, the $8 million was my commission. And so that's what he's getting wired into his account. And that was just by matching people up. Like, so you made $8 million by just matching people up. There's an example of pivoting. And because the companies that he connected, there were hundreds of millions of dollars in transactions. So that's how that $8 million worked out. Again, and I have no benefit in making this up. This is not some stuff, you know, he has no benefit in making these kinds of things up. There's nothing about that. I mean, I've known the guy for five, six years. We've been friends. Mm-hmm. He's never lied to me. Um, Were you really highlighting knowing people, helping them understand deals, how deals can be put together is highly profitable. Exactly. And so, you know, something for you to consider is, you know, are you just going to buy something retail, you know, a piece of property to be right off the MLS, or are you finding people who want to do a transaction, bringing them together and yeah. your friend basically scaling up to the point where he's, you know, multi-million dollar deals. Yeah, exactly. Commissions on, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like nine figure deals that he's making multiple, like close to, in this case, close to eight figures, which mm-hmm. is like 10 million plus. And then, and then the deals that he has, uh, that are on his plate if he was to close all of them, which he won't, but then there's others that will come in. It's It would be a $72 million uh, commission for all those deals that he would just be helping to set up. And that was by him adding value. And so again, like I have a business that I'm working in and, and then for me, I love connecting people. I was like, so can you teach me, Walden, can you teach me um, about how you do this because I would I there's certain people I see like I see people that need to sell their companies and people that want to buy companies and and I have not learned of exactly how to just you know get people to come together like that but it, it's sometimes as simple as that but they um you know there's a new skill that I'm I'm learning and so I don't normally get up at 6 a.m but I got up at 6 a.m to go to a breakfast with with him and with other guys inside of that deal exchange and the leaders of some of that, that those come the um, exchange that they're a part of to learn that. And, and then I was going to fly back to where I live in Puerto Rico, but I'm going to stay um, a little bit longer so I can go and do a lunch with them and just learn and connect. And again, he's just a friend to me. And for me, I, it just, it doesn't really matter. I'm not like, Oh my precious, what if I could do this? Those thoughts go through my mind. I'm like, no, that's not what it's about. And sometimes more money actually does complicate your life. So I don't necessarily even want certain things, but I I just know that I should always be open and sometimes influence people that you're connecting with. And my Christian um, interests and my background is that I I think that God wants sometimes for people to be in positions where they're, they're in a place of relevancy in that relationship. So there's opportunities to speak about my faith and what matters to me and bring people closer to their maker and to to have that healing and joy in their life and that's what matters to me that's what really lights me up and i'm happy to go through all these other circles and and yes yeah, some of these things are great it's great to to have these opportunities and we were just talking about as well some of the donations some of the um the charities that that i'm sewing into and and putting money into because i really i see people starving in kenya right now so it's like this is the oddity of sometimes the worlds I'm in, where I, this contrast is so strong. Like some a lot of people are suffering, and and then and the Bible actually says more blessed is he that gives than he that receives. And so I want people to have that opportunity too. So that also goes with me connecting people with causes like this that that 
that that actually just cost me money that I didn't get anything back from it other than satisfaction and joy. Uh, and I mean, I've been working in that charity charity in Kenya and famine relief for the last that particular one for around twelve or thirteen years, maybe longer. But before that, it was in Mozambique, and I was learning how to help people in that way. And again, it's the same kind of principles. Like, okay, these people want to help. These people, we can you know buy emergency food supplies. Here's an opportunity. Like, like I my one of my heroes in life is this blind farmer named Elizabeth, where she's the head of this internal refugee camp. She she is literally blind. She's blind from the time she was a child. I put my hand up in front of her face. She can't see a single thing. And yet she's able to memorize her pathways for where she's planting these watermelons and through the opportunity that we brought to her of the right watermelon seeds. And sometimes it's that simple because she tried watermelon farming before, but she the, the seeds weren't growing. And but we had to get these hybrid seeds that were drought and there were more drought resistant and things like this. And then she was able to use this enterprise to now hire an assistant to do more of the things that are more challenging for her and to put her child through school with that money. Uh, so those are the things that light me up. Uh, somebody going from $100,000 to a $1 million, $1 million to $10 million, $10 million to $100 million, none of those actually make a, that big a difference in their lives comparatively to somebody that has no food and now has food. And so there's a lot of meaning attached to me when I do business because I know of the impact that it has for people. And so I always keep that close in my heart. You just heard the story of impact and living a life of significance. And now Jonathan wants to partner with you to impact people's lives. Literally, as we speak, thousands are starving to death in Africa. And Jonathan wants to do something about it. And he wants you to partner with him. At this very moment, children are going to bed hungry night after night. And Jonathan is not sitting around. He is actively working to bring resources and food to those in need. Will you partner with him? Precious men, women, and children are at the brink of starvation right now. What will you do about it? I'm Jonathan Otto, and I'm here to tell you about something that's happening in Kenya. Look, the signs are written on the wall. People are suffering. People are going to die of starvation. And we see the signs for this. I'm in these communities. They come and bring these carcasses to me and say, look at this. This will be me if I don't get help right now. If we are able to hit our goal, I'm confident from my experience in this country, we believe that not a single person will die if we can reach our target and if we can reach all of these people. It requires people from around the world that have big hearts. We need to wake up, we need to see the suffering of others and we need to respond. We reach 10,000 people at a time each time. So over the course of the four months, it's 240 tons of food that we're delivering. Along with those supplies is the seeds and the tools to help people to have self-sustainability to make sure that these things don't happen again for these communities. Be a part of this mission with me to save these lives. We will save thousands upon thousands of lives. We have evidence for this in the past. We will do it again. We will do it with you if you have the heart to be a part of it. I want to do it with you. We need help. We need support. We can't do this on our own. We're here to stand for the people and we want you to stand with us. Let's turn the cry of oil into a cry of joy and happiness. Just so you know that all the money is going to food and clothing. King's Ransom here are so amazing and such a beautiful organization. I stand behind them. I'm so 
grateful and proud to be partnering with them in this mission. Thank you so much for considering this mission and please don't forget these people in your prayers and in your efforts and your work when it comes to the things and the causes you give to. Make a donation here today to help be part of the solution. Join Jonathan right now so that you can impact lives and live a life of significance. The information contained in this episode are opinions not to be used as individual guidance. As always, consult your own financial team for your investment decisions.